again, if you're visiting with us, there's a, did anybody not receive a copy of the outline for our class uh, right here? Uh, keep your hand up. Miss Martha needs one. Anybody else did not get, receive one? And so we're looking forward to the lesson this morning. And uh, it's a little lengthier portion of scripture. So let me read this as we get started. And uh, somebody else need one? There you go. Got it. All right. Matthew 19, beginning in verse number 16. The Bible says, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do to, that I may have eternal life? Now notice that question there. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, if you know the, what we call the Ten Commandments, you notice a couple that are missing in, in that order that he gave, right? If you know them well enough, there's, and, and, and you need to be thinking about what he just didn't say right there to this man, and so let's read on. The Bible says, All these things have I kept, the young man said unto him, I've kept all these things from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus saith unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell uh, thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, did you notice Jesus didn't say rich people can't go to heaven? It's just harder for people that have things, possessions, riches to go to heaven because of the focus in their life. No, let's read on. He says, Again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. I, I can't even get a thread through an eye of a needle. Uh, but it's, he says here, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. We just sang this song. But with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken, what's the next word? All. All, and follow thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus, notice, said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold. That's a pretty good return, isn't it? An hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. That's even a better return. And he says, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be what? the last shall be first. Now, when you look at this passage, from the discussion Jesus had with his disciples after he dealt with this rich young ruler, 
was the question that I used for the title of our lesson today. And notice, what is, what's in it for me? You know, that's usually people's attitude is, if I'm going to do this, if, if I'm going to get involved in this, then what am I going to get out of it? What's in it for me? And, and a lot of times that's a very legitimate question. But again, what we see in the study of the life of Peter is this, that Jesus never passed up a moment, a time of teaching to his disciples. He always taught them. And as we see again this morning, that Jesus asked, what did he need? This, this man asked the Lord, what do I need to do? What good thing do I need to do to have everlasting life? And this discussion begins, and Jesus, again, gave this lesson that he gave to his disciples that we're sharing in Sunday school this morning. And here's the reason that he gave this lesson is because it was, Jesus was trying to help them with their attitude, and their attitude was, well, what's in it for me? You know, what am I going to get out of it? Now, I hope that's not your attitude today, because the truth is, we all have much more than we deserve. God's been very good to all of us. And I want you to see this morning that Jesus touches on, first of all, the hindrance of riches. Because that's one of Satan's strongest tools, is this matter of people pursuing material wealth. A lot of people, listen, there are, there are men of God, I guess I could call them that, that stand behind pulpits that actually preach what is known as a prosperity gospel. It's all about how much we can get out of life. Folks, if you've read the Bible any length at all, you understand that we came into this world naked and we're going to leave this world naked, all right? You're not taking it with you when you go. And so many people think that the more I have in life, the happier I'll be. I'm going to tell you, it's just the opposite. Things can't bring happiness. That's right. That's right. Good thought there. So, it, you know, it's true that, look, I'm not, I'm not undervaluing. We do need money to pay our bills, and we do need money to take care of our families. I think we need to be sensible about that. But Jesus is, is here teaching about the fact, and I like the way somebody put it years ago, that money is a good steward, but it's a horrible master. It's a horrible master. Look at these verses here in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Godliness with contentment is great what? Great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. How many of you got a donut this morning coming in church? You didn't get your donut? All right, now look, everybody look at me. When, you, when we walk out of Sunday school, there's going to be manna out there, and you want to go get a piece of manna. The translation for manna is Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, a lot of you just woke up when I said those two magic words, Krispy Kreme, all right? And they're going to be out in the lobby as soon as we get done here, all right? So I'll try to get done quick so that you can go. Because look at this, you want to be content, right, having food and raiment. Well, I'm wearing clothes. I hadn't had my food yet, so you're going to be able to go get that. That way you can be content. You could say, I came to church this morning, and now I'm content because I have clothes on and I've had a Krispy Kreme donut, all right? And so we want to be content. Now, we've got to, look, we've got to be careful in our lives to guard our hearts against an unhealthy pursuit of material things. 
Uh, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about all things that this world has to offer. And Jesus uses this rich young ruler to illustrate this. Notice three things about this, this man. First of all, this rich man was self-righteous. If you have your Bibles there, look in chapter 19 of Matthew again, in verse number 20, the Bible says, The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? I mean, this guy is like so many that live in the world today. He thought that he was right in his own eyes. Uh, he thought that he was a good person. And the Bible says in Luke 18, look at this. Here, here's a great illustration Jesus gave. Two men went into the temple to pray. The one was a Pharisee, the other one was a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. And here's what he prayed. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Isn't it sad that while this guy's praying, he's actually putting down the other man that's there that came to spend time with the Lord? In other words, I'm better than he is. He's looking down on this man. Uh, just like this rich young man here, he thought that he was a pretty good person. But many are just like this man. Here's what we do. We tend to compare ourselves with others. You know what I learned a long time ago? I shouldn't compare myself with someone else. The object that I need to be looking at in, to compare my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to be more like him. Uh, look what the Bible says when you think about comparing ourselves and trying to feel good about ourselves. 2 Corinthians 10, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not what? They're not wise. I mean, look, that's, that's not the gauge of your life. I, look, I hope you came to church this morning because you wanted to learn more about God. You wanted to learn more about God's will for your life. And this man was self-righteous, and it was that attitude that, honestly, listen, self-righteousness is the exact opposite of humility. It's the exact opposite of it. D.L. Moody said, you can always tell when a man is a great way from God because he's always talking about himself. You know, some, some people you get around, that's all they, it's about what I did, what I accomplished, this, that. And, and Moody said, that's a great way to see if somebody is self-righteous. And this rich man, he was not only self-righteous, but he was selfish. Uh, when you look at this, Jesus gave a response to this man. Look what it says there, and you know it's Mark 10. Jesus beholding him, look at these words, he beheld him, he loved him. And here's what he said to him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. Boy, Jesus just put his finger <laughs> on the real issue in this man's heart and life when he says, sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor. I mean, Jesus, look, he loved this man. Aren't you glad Jesus loves sinners? You know what that means? Jesus loves you and me, right? Because all have sinned. But Jesus loved this man. Even in his self-righteousness, he told this man what he needed to do. And here's what he was saying to him. You need to go beyond the commandments that you said that you've kept. Now, the Bible tells us that no one has kept all the law because 
if you've offended it in one point, you've offended, in, you basically have gone against the entire law. No one can keep all the law. Uh, there's no one, there's none good, no, not one, the Bible says. So Jesus was telling this man, listen, your life, and by the way, this is a good lesson for us today. Our life should not be spent focusing on self. Our life should be lived for others. We should live our lives for others. Jesus came to this world to seek and save that which was lost. Who did Jesus have on his mind when he hung on that cross? Us, right? Jesus was thinking about others. And he was telling this man that he needed to focus on others. Uh, a person named Carrie Beck said this, Look all around you. Find someone in need. Help somebody today. You know, you don't have to look far to find somebody in need, right? It, boy, they're everywhere. Uh, some that may have walked in the doors of this church this morning might have a need in your life today. And what, what you and I need to do is help them. Be a friend to them. Reach out to others. See, selfish people, they find that there is no end to what they want. I mean, they, they're always looking for more. I got to have this. I got to have that. Happiness, they'll say, is just out of reach. But the Bible says this, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. It's, it's never enough. I, I, my wife and I, we enjoy walking and we go out in, in a couple little neighboring areas right there where we live. And as we go through those areas, we're walking by people's houses and, you know, we're not being snoopy, but, you know, when people's garages are open, things like that. And it's amazing what people have in their garages and on the side of their house and on their driveway. I, I was walking the other day and I saw this car and I didn't even, I had no idea what this car was. And, and I thought to my, I always, when I don't know it, I usually look at the emblem on the car and I'm looking for a Ford or Chevy or something like that. And the only thing I could see was this emblem I'd never seen before. And the emblem, some of you might know it, the emblem was M.M. I was like, what in the world? I had to go look that one up. Thank God for Google, right? And I looked that up and, and it, was, it was like some type of a Mercedes Benz on steroids. And by the way, the price tag was on steroids too. And it was sitting out in their driveway and I thought to myself, it's a car. You know, what are cars supposed to do? Get me from point A to point B. You know, as long as it runs fine. I mean, we're driving a, a, an 09, and every day we pray, my wife and I pray, Lord, let this car just keep running. You know, every day we're like, we hear a new noise or whatever. You know, my wife's like, what is that? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. Let's just keep driving. Maybe we'll get there. But, you, you know, look, there are people that live their entire lives uh, the writer of the book in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, look what he writes here. Whatsoever mine eyes desired, he says, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. That's the way people live, you know? Do you know, uh, this might surprise you about your pastor, but until I, I probably until I married this young lady, I did not know what the word S-A-L-E meant. You know, I was like most guys. When I saw something, I went and bought it. Who cares if it's on sale, right? That's the way I was. My wife, when she walks into a store, 
she, she walks in and she doesn't look at, like when you walk in, you start looking. She walks straight to the back of the store for the sale racks. And I'm like, what's wrong with all the stuff you just passed? And she's like, I'm not buying that because the stuff that's up there will be back there in a couple weeks or a couple months. And, and I'm like, you know, and my wife has taught me how, how that, listen, we don't always need to have everything that our eyes see. John D. Rockefeller, and most of us know the name, know a little bit about his life. Here's what he said. He was asked one time this question, how much money is enough? That's what they asked John D. Rockefeller. How much money is enough? And his answer, just a little bit more. That was his answer. It's never enough. But listen, I love what the Bible says when you think about giving. Here's the best thought when you think about giving. God so loved the world that he gave. See, I, when I think about that, that's what we need to understand is that a growing, this is what Jesus was teaching his disciples, and this is what God's teaching you and us today, is that a growing disciple is a giving person. A giving person. Not somebody that's always being selfish, but they're giving of their self. They're giving of their resources. Remember what Jesus said to this rich man? He says, I want you to sell what you have and give it to the poor. You know, you ever see somebody in need? Does your, does your heart within your chest start to beat faster because you see that person? Now, it's sad. We live in a day where a lot of people scam and things like that. But honestly, even sometimes those folks, they have a genuine need. And we need to not be self-righteous. We not need to be selfish. But listen, that man, thirdly, he was sorrowful. He was sorrowful. The Bible says in Mark 10, 22, in this passage, a parallel passage, he was sad. When Jesus said what he said to this man, the Bible says he was sad and he went away grieved. Why? Because he had great possessions. I mean, sometimes people are like, doesn't the Lord know how much I have? Sure he does. But where do you think you got that from? God allowed you to have that. Uh, and, and so it, what's, when I think about this passage, here's what I thought this week. I thought to myself, this man went away sorrowful. You know what that means? That this man gave up eternity with the Lord for the riches of this world. And the riches of this world will not last. Uh, like I said earlier, you can't take it with you when you go. Solomon, he found himself in life just like this rich ruler, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2. Look at these words. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Anybody know what the word vanity means? Yeah, empty, right? I mean, there's just, you live all your life for what? Uh, and, you know, cherish the things that matter. See, those who pursue riches in life, they find little but sorrow, just like this rich man. But those that pursue the presence of God, they find true happiness. You know, listen, if you know the Lord today, you might have things going on in your life, but the truth is you're probably a happy person because you know the Lord. See, I, I find here the hindrances Jesus teaches on riches, but look at secondly that he teaches then about the hope of reward because when you look at civilizations historically, here's what I find is, is that every civilization has some concern about putting away treasures for future. Uh, do you ever see where sometimes when they would, build, when they, would uh, they had the, the pyramids 
and they would put the, sometimes the pharaohs and the kings and things like that, they would put him in, they would enshrine them, they would put them in these sarcophagus and other things, and they've actually discovered some of those, and when they discover the body or the remains of it, what do they also discover? All the treasures that they put in there with them. Uh, that they could, well, they thought they were going to be able to take it with them when they left this world, but guess what? They found that it was all still there. Not one thing had left. And the Bible says that in Matthew 6, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Look, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Look, folks, we have to understand that if our finances are all about this world, then our heart will be about this world. But if our finances are invested in the things of God, then we'll be more heavenly minded. And that's the way we need to be. So two questions that Jesus is kind of giving to his disciples. Look at this first one is, what will we give? What will we give? Look at verse 27 of Matthew 19, if you still have your Bibles open. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Now in three of the gospel records, we find the disciples, it's, the Bible records the disciples had left all to follow Jesus. And Jesus knew that. I mean, there was no doubt that Jesus knew that they had left all, that they had walked away from their homes, they had walked away from their families, they had walked away from their lands, from their livelihoods. Some of them, they, they had left their, their jobs and other things. And here's what happens is when we, like the disciples, start following the Lord and things start happening in our lives, things can cause us to become discouraged. Uh, we, we, get, we find ourselves thinking about maybe what we've missed out on. You ever been there? You start thinking about, well, I've missed out on this because I've chosen to be a Christian. I've chosen to follow the Lord. By the way, as the old preacher used to say, that's stinking thinking is what he used to say. But listen, we should never be discouraged because following the Lord is the greatest thing that we can do in our lives because when we start to think about the Lord, we need to remember all that God has done for us. I mean, folks, it doesn't take me long, actually just a split second to start thinking about all the good things that God has done for me and for my family over the years. Look at Hebrews 6.10. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. I know that we're not supposed to keep track and we're not supposed to keep records, but I will tell you this, God is faithful that God doesn't forget what you've done. No one else might not know what you've done, but God does. And can I tell you really honestly, that's the only thing that matters, is that the Lord knows what you've done with your life. And so the question is, what, what will we give? But then notice letter B, when we give, the second question is, what will we gain? Because in verse number 28, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that... Ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit uh, upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, he, what his disciples gave, and, and listen, families, time with their families. Uh, God called me to preach back in uh, 1993, and I understood when, that, when God placed that call on my life, from that day, I moved away from my family. I'm, I'm thankful God gave me a wonderful wife, four beautiful children, and three guys have already stolen away three of my daughters, you know. But, 
But, uh, but nonetheless, God gave me a family. Now, I, listen, there's not a day that goes by I don't miss my mom and dad. I guarantee you there's not a day that doesn't go by that my wife doesn't miss her mom and dad. And, and we did that because we followed the Lord. And sometimes we have to do that. But listen, no matter what they left, their homes, their lands, their jobs, their livelihoods, everything that they left, listen to this, would be replaced by something beyond their wildest imagination. Now, look, I, I, I love my family. I love my mom and dad. But the reality is, is that when I look at all God has done in my life from the time that I left those things for his namesake and followed him, I have no regrets, not one. And I hope you haven't either in your life. Uh, look, these men, they were told, listen, let me just give you a little idea, Jesus said. He says, uh, you're going to sit on the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I mean, there's, uh, those guys are probably sitting there going, wow. Man, I never thought I'd get an opportunity to do something like that. But look what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. As it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, whether uh, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. How many of you think God's got something special prepared for you, right? Listen, we, the only thing we know about heaven is what we read in the Word of God. The truth is, there's so much more. You know, the Queen of Sheba, she said, you know, the half has not been told. Uh, and I, folks, I'm going to tell you, when we get to heaven someday, the splendor of heaven, the, the brilliance of our Lord and Savior, I mean, it's going to be a wonderful place beyond our imaginations. And so he says here, listen, listen. Yes, I'm asking you to give some things up for me. But he says, when you do, he says, you're going to gain so much more. And so here's how he ends it. Look at this. The hundredfold, I hope you paid attention to that word, the hundredfold restoration. Because Jesus talks about in the days to come. Look at verse 29. Everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or, or children or lands for my, in my sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit, what? Everlasting life. Now, this is a wonderful thing here because Jesus is teaching that if we give, then God will give back. If we give, God will give back. And when God gives, God gives a much better gift. It's better in size. It's better in quality. And folks, listen, right now we're living life. But you all know we're not going to live forever, right? We will live on in eternity forever. Amen. And according to the Word of God, there's only two places you can live on in eternity, heaven and hell. And the Bible says that God wants us to go to heaven. And that's why he's talking about it. It's, it's hard for those whose focus in life is on riches. He says it's... It, a camel going through the eye of a needle. You know, it's very difficult when you're always looking at what this world can give you. And so I want you to see this morning, he talks about the reward in the present life, the reward in the present life. Look at in a parallel passage there, and you know it's Mark 10. The Bible says, and he shall receive, here it is again, an hundredfold, but look at this phrase, 
now in this time. Did everybody see that? He didn't say when you get to heaven. He says now. Now look, look at the rest of the verse. He says you're going to receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. Now, when you look at that, isn't that the same list that he just said that you're going to give up? Yes or no? Yeah, he says, I want you to leave those things and follow me. See, here's what we think a lot of times. All I'm going to have to do without. People say, I don't want to be a Christian because I can't have this, I can't have this, I can't do this. Folks, honestly, there's not a better life than the Christian life. Because Jesus just said that in this time, see, we think that if we give up, we have to do without. No, 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 no. If we follow the Lord, God said, do you remember the story of Job? Do you remember that Job, all of his, everything Job had, including his children? Does anybody remember how many children God gave to Job later on? The same number that he lost, right? And if Job, now, Job was a man, he, he, was, he, he feared God, he eschewed evil. If Job was the man that the Word of God says, and he led his family, certainly his children were not saved because Job knew the Lord, but there's, there is indication that Job's family, his children, were probably believers. I, again, some folks may differ on that, but many believe that when Job got to heaven, that in, in the days to come, that not only were Job's 10 children there, but his other 10 children were there. That there were 20 of his children. Uh, some of you, uh, we had uh, at a time in our life where my wife was with child and, and, uh, and the child was, was not born. Some of you have had this, uh, similar things happen. The Bible is clear that if a child dies before the age of accountability, before they really understand, God would never send a child like that to a place called hell. And so someday you're going to see that child again. Uh, my, my, my wife's baby sister, she has a daughter that's been waiting for her in heaven. It's been uh, many, many years. She'd be a young woman at this time in her life if she was still alive. And so he talks about the reward in this present life. I love the song that the songwriter wrote. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. So that's the thought this morning is that Jesus makes it very clear. Listen, it's not just about someday. And by the way, that someday is going to be a great day. But he says that it's worth it now. It's worth it now to be a Christian. It's worth it now to follow the Lord. It's worth it now that instead of focusing on the things of this world, to focus on the things of God. God takes care of us now as we serve him, now as we trust him. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, I am the door. If any man enter in, now look at this. If, if, he says, if any man enter that door, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You know what those sheep found in the pasture? They found sustenance, nourishment, water. They found the things that they needed for life. And you know what happens when we get saved? God takes care of us now. God provides for us now. And so he's talking about the reward in the present life, but then notice letter B, he talks about the reward in the future life. He talks about everlasting life. He was assuring them that when a person chooses him, 
that he receives the most important gift of all. And the most important gift of all is eternal life. A home in heaven someday. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what kind of life? Everlasting life. You know, a, a day like today where we can come to God's house on the Lord's day and the focus today is on friends and you can invite your friends. Now, listen, it's great to have a friend come to church, but wouldn't it be even better if your friend trusted Christ as their savior? You know what that means? That you can enjoy your friend, watch, you can enjoy your friend now and you can enjoy your friend for all of eternity. So you can spend forever with them throughout all of eternity. See, it's sad that money has kept a lot of people away from God. But do you realize that riches of this world are going to keep a lot of people out of heaven? Because they're focusing on that. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon, the things of this world. So those that have made the right choice, those that know God, that love God, that walk with God, that serve God, the eternal rewards will be great someday. So here's the, here's the thing is, we all have a choice. That's what our theme this year is, is choose. We all have a choice, what will we live for? That's what you just need to ask yourself. What am I living my life for? Am I living my life for the things now, or am I living my life for heaven someday? Because as we have that heavenly view, then God will reward us in this present life and in the life to come. All right? So I hope you think about that this morning and live your life every day that you can enjoy the Christian life. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this thought this morning about what's in it for me. And I'm going to tell you something. God has been so good to us. Lord, thank you for your blessings. I pray that you'd help us. Lord, we do realize that it takes money to pay for things and to provide for our family. But Lord, it's just, it's just something that's necessary for life, but may it not be our focus. Lord, help us to realize as you taught your disciples that we can learn our lives need to be lived for the glory of God. Bless those that came to visit with us this morning. Lord, may they truly uh, understand what the word of God has for their own lives. And if any of them have come in their heart to realize that they don't know you as Savior, that Lord, they would settle that today before it's eternally too late. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.